0: This is the Nippon Taikyu Cosmopolitan, Japanese Endurance Racing, covered by an American. Welcome back to the Nippon Taikyu Cosmopolitan, Japanese Endurance Racing, with your host, Griffin Wittenberg. This week, two weeks before the start of the Super GT season, I'm going to cover GT300 5 Up 5 Down. With top five and the bottom five, what I mean is drivers and teams that are expected in top five uh, surprises, or of course, the guys you expect at the top. Bottom five are guys that are disappointments or ones that you know are going to be at the bottom, and I have an honorable mention for each one. So let's start with top five. My honorable mention is the number 7 BMW Team duty of Saija, Ara, and Bruno Spengler in the BMW M4 GT3. This team has already always been solid. They sit high up the table last year, sitting in P5. They had Farfus in that car, who's also a factory driver, with Ara, but now they have Bruno Spengler, which in my opinion is the better factory driver. At the least, they'll be able to continue what they did last season and finish around P5, which is what they're expected. But we could see them potentially move up and break into that podium position by the end of the year. Now for my regular top five. Number one, this is not in any particular order. A lot of these guys in the top five were really, really close. What I had with surprises, guys we were expecting at the top. So let's start with the number 88 J-Lock car, which, as you know, uh, I projected J-Lock could do pretty well this year. And uh, it carries into this. So let's me let me explain my reasons. The number 88 has Takashi Kogri and Yuya Motojima. Motojima has been a guy who's been with J-Lock for I think about six years at this point, uh, not exactly in super GT. Uh, he ran a few races back in the Autobox uh, super GT series. As you know, uh, he also ran in the Suzuka 10 hours with them. Um, and ran a race in the Intercontinental continental GT challenge, but he has been with this team since 2016. Uh, the year before he won the Porsche Carrera cup, japan championship he's a pretty solid driver you never expect a bad season out of him and then of course we have the other driver in that 88 car kogri He's also a really good driver. He's on the older side, but he's always put up solid results and been able to get whatever his team is into that top third uh, P7, P8 by the end of the year. I expect a lot of them and uh, the manufacturer, which will be the Lamborghini Huracan GT3, which there's been a few cars and teams that have been driving that in preseason testing who have been looking pretty good. So that could be the car to beat this year, and that could potentially help them move up the grid. The next one I have is the number 61 R&D Sport. Kind of expected. These guys are really good. Uh, they always put up good results by the end of the year. Top three every year, and they always have a good lineup. Takuto Iguchi and Hideki Hamachui. Hamachi, we already know. He's a top driver in Super GT. He will stay that way, and um, unlikely if... Iguchi struggles for whatever reason. He Hideki can pick it up um since you have to run at most you can run 66% of the races. So let's say Iguchi struggles for a few rounds. Uh you put in Hideki for 66% to really stretch out that car, bring in some extra points for the team. Um they could end up winning the title in GT300. But then I also had the number 2 of Muta Racing of Yui Tsusomi and Hibeki Taira in the Toyota GR86 GT3. Uh, these guys won GT300 two years in a row. In 2022, they won it with the same car, but instead of Taira, they had Hiroki Kato with the same driver lineup. Um, in 2021, they actually had the Lotus Evera MC GT300, which is now out of the series, and they did have a completely different driver lineup. But still, solid team. They won it two years in a row, even though the driver lineup is a little bit different. Um, They can build on what they've been doing and fight for the title with, I think, as I just said, the R&D Sport, the 61 car. In my number four spot, I have the number 87 J-Lock car. Uh, Like I said, both of these guys look really good this year, and the team's really on the rise and running two cars. Of course doubles your chances for a good result by the end of the year. This car has Kosuke Matsura and Natsu Sakaguchi. Same car Lamborghini Huracan GT3. Matsura is kind of an unpredictable driver. I mean if you look at the straight stats he's not done very well throughout his motor racing career. He did actually race in IRL when we had that kart IndyCar split. Um, With Super Aguri, which I did not know until writing this that Super Aguri had an IRL team. I actually never knew that. Uh, He also ran with Panther and Conquest in the IndyCar series, which was IRL. And then it became IndyCar. Um, In the Indy 500, just for some fun facts, uh, his highest finish is 9th in 2004. Uh, running a G-Force chassis and, of course, the Honda engine. Uh, His Formula Nippon results, which is now um, Super Formula, uh, he ran one year with the well-known Dandelion Racing in 2008, 18th with only three and a half points. His Super GT career is a highest-placed ninth with uh, racing team Aguri in GT300, Uh, He ran two seasons at first in the Honda NSX in GT500. He's kind of moved all over the place, Um, but he's kind of that guy who just he's always in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's what I meant by looking straight at his stats in Super GT. Uh, It looks pretty underwhelming, but he's never been at the right place at the right time. For example, 2017-2018 for Nakajima in GT500, they had a disappointing year. Um, And for J-Lock, they were kind of a team still on the rise. They were towards the bottom. He's been with them since 2021. So he's going to want to build off of that and see if he can bring a top result for the team and maybe his best in GT500 history for him. I can't say I know a lot about the other driver on the team, Sagakuchi. I really couldn't find a lot of information on him. I don't know much about his history as a driver. I just know he's been around with the team for quite some time. So I don't really have a prediction for him what he's going to do. So let's move on to my number five, which is the number 65 Leon Pyramid team of Naoma Gamoi and Takura Shinohara. They were formerly known last year as K2 R&D Leon Racing and ran the same exact driver lineup. With Naoma Gamu, he's had a pretty successful career uh, starting in 2014 in Super GT. He has driven with the same team for his entire career, so he has that experience His lowest result was his rookie year, but he only ran one race, uh, which was 29th. But he still scored six points on his debut, which is really good. He then got 9th in 2015 with the same team, then 12th. But then they got second in GT300 and then won the title in 2018. After that slow, slow season for him in 2019 with P5 in the team. 2020, they got third with the shortened season, only running at three rounds. 2021, disappointing, down to sixth. But as I know, this team can come back to the top. The other driver, Shinohara, has not really had a big career. Uh, He's only ever had three starts. So this is his first year. Full season in Super GT, he had a best finish of only 24th. He ran for Experts Pacific in GT300 in 2020, uh, finishing 24th. After that, he got 15th. But he's going to run this year um, with the team after skipping out with the team last season. He'll be back. He'll be unpredictable. I don't expect a lot from him. But of course, we have the other driver who can really bring out the results. As I've said multiple times, preseason testing, different programs. But over five days, there has to be some consistency with the teams. And this team has looked pretty solid so far. Uh, In the wet at Fuji and dry at Okoyama. So we can expect at least top third in the standings if Shinohara is actually good. If they decide to drop a mid-season and replace him, I don't know who they would even replace him with. Uh, you could expect some pretty good results out of this team. I think the only pressure is on Shinohara. He must bring results to the team. As we know, Gamu is already a really good driver. We already know that, and the team's been pretty pretty solid. So we need Shinohara to bring in the results for the team to see him actually Stay on this top five. Now on to bottom five with my honorable mention, the number six team Lamon of Roberto Mary and Yoshika Katayama in the Audi R8 LMS. Of course, as I said, Roberto Mary is nothing like he used to be, uh, with my prediction. A pretty big one, too, of him getting dropped. Um, it seems like the team has kind of recovered. Uh, they did a little bit more setup changes during preseason testing and they're looking a little bit better but I still don't see them really doing that well this season um I just had this feeling that they're not and a mix of Robert Tomeri who's at this point in motor racing age is like 520 so he's not gonna get really better he could a little bit since this was his rookie season last year but I don't really expect that much when you're older Uh, It's sort of like the, you can't teach old dogs new tricks. And that's the same with him. So I really don't expect a lot from him. With Katayama though, uh, we could expect a little bit more from him. I'm not really sure what to even expect of this team. They look pretty unpredictable at the moment. So we're just going to have to see if my predictions any right. Of course, uh, Roberto Mari, with that experience has said that the team... Is looking up. He has that experience working within many teams in many different series, even working within Side F1, which is much more complicated since it's a constructors based championship. So he knows more or less when a team's going good, when a team's going bad. So even though I have them on my bottom five, they could surprise me and they could actually be a team that could end up fighting for the title if they get their act together by the end of the second round on to my regular bottom five. First is the number 10 gainer car which drives the nissan gtr gt3 this team right now throughout preseason testing looks horrendously bad for their standards uh in 2022 both the cars were inside the top 10. 2021 same exact thing with the car that was actually in P6. The team has just completely dropped the ball in preseason testing, and it's been consistently bad. They don't look good at all, like wet and dry, um, changing up the setup. It seems like the team's lost all hope. And that definitely shows when the number 11 is around the same pace as them. Um, throughout preseason testing, except one session, they were both side by side. So it's not just a one car that could be doing kind of badly, um, or they're running different programs or sandbagging. This looks consistent throughout the entire team and you have five sessions. I don't know why you'd want to sandbag all of them. So it really does look like their bad pace is real. And that could continue. We've seen a lot of those Nissan GTR GT3s towards the bottom of the table, which is odd for a manufacturer like them. They usually do pretty well. And it's a good car that is run in many different uh, GT3 series. And they're usually at the top. So it's not seemingly a manufacturer issue. It seems like a team just can't get the setup right on both the cars. It could be the different driver lineups. They have different driving styles um, and struggling to find a middle ground. But I think the time that will take them to recover, it'll be too late to really be able to go back to where they were at least for next season. For my number four spot, we have the R&Q motorsports team of Hishashi Wada. And Masaki Jonai in the Mercedes-AMG GT3. Okay, this is kind of expected. They're towards the bottom every single session. Um, They really, really are a pretty new team. Um, So, of course, you're not really expecting much from them. Um, But still, I had to put them on here just because of the fact that the team is not in a good position right now they were towards the bottom of the timing sheets and that's the same with the number 25 hoppy team which um even though they ran a part-time schedule last year in gt300 they're running the full season uh by part-time i mean they skipped all um all of round four i think if i remember correctly Um, but they still just weren't good. They look incredibly disorganized. We know it's a new team, but still, you should at least look organized. And guess what? It's their fault. If they were disorganized and came in too early, we know what happens to those teams. They do not last very long. So, of course, this isn't exactly a disappointment. It's kind of expected from this team. They were towards the bottom. And plus, you know it's going to be a bad team when they have a dumb team named after a a leaf that you use to make beer the hoppy team how do you come up with this like dandelion in super formula i don't know i'm kind of going on a tangent here these japanese teams have some really weird names i mean it it makes my dad so story time on this before i get back to this um he used to have a bunch of cats he was terrible at naming them he had like blacky That was one of his cats, because the the cat was black. And it seems like the GT teams in Super GT come up with the same exact thing. Like, Hoppy? Really? I mean, okay, but anyway. Let's continue with that. Uh, The team just is going to finish at the bottom, bottom of the table. So, I noticed I messed up my bullet points, and I... Don't actually have a fifth one. I made an error where I put the drivers and the car of the number 10 gainer car in position two. Um, I did not mean that. So from when I was just looking at it, um, it looked like I had five cars. So I moved Team Lamont down. So Team Lamont is technically fifth now in this list. Uh I just moved them down because they were kind of unpredictable so we could have them do better than i expected but most likely i'm leaning more towards the bottom which is why i had him honorable mention but for this i'm gonna move him up into that bottom five i do not have a new honorable mention for the bottom five since this mid pack does look pretty close together even the top teams look pretty close together so gt300 is gonna be something to keep an eye on And that is the end of the Nippon Taikyu Cosmopolitan Japanese Endurance Racing, covered by an American with your host, Griffin Wittenberg, as always. Next episode, I had a plan of drivers that I expect to do better and disappoint, but we kind of got that in with um, 5 Up, 5 Down in GT300. In GT500, I feel like the manufacturers are so far spread that we can't really make driver predictions also the fact that we have some teams that run three drivers so I decided instead to do who's gonna win the tire war this year with multiple manufacturers as you know tire wars are big and we could um see some big position gains in the standings just based off of tires and who can implement them better I really like Tire Wars when you have a series with multiple manufacturers in them and you like to predict them and of course they play a really big role. So next week I'm going to cover who's going to win the Tire War and a more in-depth analysis of each of the tire brands and what kind of cars they can fit. At the moment I am not sure if I'm just going to cover gt500 or gt300 i'm gonna have to see with the distance and the length with this but most likely i'm gonna give you good content and cover both after that we start the super gt season and with all the predictions i have made so far i'm gonna put them into a document after we do race rundowns i'm going to do a predictions update for each one of my predictions and see how it's faring so That is it for this week and a sneak peek into next week on the Nippon Taikyu Cosmopolitan Japanese Endurance Racing covered by me, which is right now Super GT, but we may branch out into Super Taikyu. But enough waffling. Let's end this here. This is your host Griffin Wittenberg. See you all next Monday.